and to have that you know that cute baby yoda in every scene it just like elevates everything constantly because <laughs> you're just like oh my god make sure yoda's okay like, i just find myself <laughs> It's such a great little device. It's like, oh, we're going to put a puppy in everything, you know? It's like, oh, no. I care about everything now, you know? Oh, your entire warrior clan was was murdered, but the puppy's okay. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to Twin Takes episode 14, in which we will discuss part 13 of Twin Peaks season three, The Return. I'm Kabir. I'm with my David Lynch Sherpa, Garrett. Garrett, how are you? I'm doing very well. How are you doing, Kabir? Doing well, thank you. Uh, this, uh, it felt like a quicker episode, I think. Oh, okay. That's good um, to hear. I think because there was less... There was there was more um, there's more action than usual. Oh yeah, I'm 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 curious to, to see how you react to that scene. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's uh, should we just get right into it? Well, yeah, I uh, guess we might as well. Yeah. Oh uh, well, let's let's start uh, the first the first sort of plot that starts is is Dougie. Okay. So let's talk about that. So okay, uh, all right. So we start with the uh, the Belushi brothers. Hmm. Uh, with Dougie and their three, um, what do we call them? Cigarette girls. Cigarette girls. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. The empty, the uh, blank, blank-faced, uh, barely human women that just barely—they're res- like a broken-down, like Siri. They like barely respond to your voice <laughs> commands. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, they're um, they're almost like robots. Yeah, but like. But their 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 voice their voice recognition feature is in need of a firmware update. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, you're right. Hey, Candy, what's the weather outside? What? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, so they come in and they're dancing in what appears to be like a conga line. Mm-hmm. The Belushi brothers, if you'll recall from I think two parts ago, yes, were very happy that Dougie. And remember how complicated this was. They were, in fact, innocent of insurance fraud. And Dougie had dug up the paperwork and proved the case somehow with his erratic drawing yeah, yeah. that they were actually innocent. And he pre- presented them with a well, a, a huge amount of money, like uh, $30 million. $30 million, yeah. yeah. So they're very happy. Um, they come in and they're dancing... Uh, they present gifts to Dougie's boss. Yeah. It's a couple of random things. And then Candy presents them. She does a pretty good job as uh, far as, um, I mean, this is why they keep Candy around, you know, she does stuff like I this. Guess. She's kind of like she, the Vanna White, I guess, of these, of the cigarette that's, that's girls. A, that's a, a grave insult to Vanna White, <laughs> who is a, uh, as far as I can tell, a functioning human being. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, so, lady. Yeah. Also, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of, her opening his presence, yeah, quite and strange. Then, and then they—I also don't like the the movie version where they wrap the lid of the present. So there's there's no ripping apart of wrapping paper. Oh, I don't like, like it. You like it's the too phony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really took me out of the scene. I was like, come on, that's—I don't like this. This is a little too corporate, you know. A little too corporate. All right, all right. I mean, come uh, on, uh, Belushi brothers. <laughs> So they open, there's two presents that are just, you know, whatever presents. And then the third one is uh, keys to a BMW convertible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've also (laughs) given Dougie keys to a BMW convertible. Which is prominently featured later on in the episode. Yeah. uh, Clean lines, shiny. That's a a nice ride. Yeah, it's it's, it's the the choice of the mobster. Uh, I, I think... It's it's I, I remembered back to when we were trying to parse this out and, and I was talking about how unusual or how strange it was to grasp the idea that these cre- clearly criminals didn't commit arson fraud and are actually owed this money. Mm-hmm. It's very strange now because now they, they've all that's all that's happened is they got the money that they were owed. 
Right. And now they're going around like handing out gifts to the insurance company. It's it's very suspicious. <laughs> it is very suspicious. They have a kind of a devilish glint in their eyes as they do it. Yeah. I mean, imagine if, you know, you you, you get what you're owed. Like you get in a car accident and then the, the insurance company is like, okay, well, we're going to replace the car, like per the terms of our agreement. Right. And you're like, oh, thank you so much. Like, here's a little extra for you. It's really weird. I mean, it's not going to look good. I mean, didn't his boss say that they took out a secondary insurance yeah. on this policy? And, yeah, and now exactly. he's getting free. You know, he's getting a free car from the yeah. uh, from his client. That's I no, think that's, it's I think it's double fraud. <laughs> it might be. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's, Bring it's, up some it, troubling points. It's very suspicious. Yeah. Um, so uh, Tom Sizemore sees them come in, mm. and he uh, he's cowering behind his desk. Yeah, uh, because he doesn't want to get spotted by the Belushi brothers. Because remember, he told them that Dougie was working against their interest. Yeah, on orders of who we've been calling the the COO of Evil or the middle management of Evil. We now, I mean, maybe we've gotten the name before, but I just didn't stick with me because they didn't say it for forty times like they do in this episode. <laughs> but his name is Mister Todd. Mm-hmm. So Mister Todd is on the phone. He Sizemore reports that he failed. And Mr. Todd says, okay, you have one day to resolve it. And later in the in the episode, uh, he goes to the police station. Mm. I'll mention this really quickly because it, it won't come up again otherwise. He goes to the police station. Yeah. It's, the, it's the same Las Vegas precinct where um, David Keckner and his three brother or his two brother detectives mm. work. And there's a little funny bit where Keckner is like, oh, the prince came back from Dougie. And, it's, and the prints are for Dark Coop. Yeah, they're for Dale Cooper, right? They're so, for Dale Cooper. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So, so the, all all these people share the same fingerprints because they're all like inhabiting the same body. Right. Right. Um, and so David Kecker has a funny line where he's like, he's like, "Guess who this idiot Dougie Jones is? He's an escaped FBI agent who's on the run after like you know, committing murder or whatever." Mm-hmm. And everyone laughs because they, in this case, correctly assume that that can't be the same person. Right. And he t- tosses it up and throws it away. Throws it away, yeah. Which is an interesting reaction to a fingerprint match, <laughs> which in yeah, every other yeah. crime show that I've ever seen, it's taken as like a pure gold, you know, scientific <laughs> evidence. He's like, ah, Aphis, those idiots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he yeah. just throws it away, uh, which I, I appreciate it. That's pretty funny. It was funny. Uh, Tom Sizemore comes in. Uh, because he's looking for a different cop who is a dirty cop, we find out, who is working for Mr. Todd. Mm. And uh, and he's like, hey, you know, I need some help. Uh, pretty uh, <laughs> pretty ballsy of uh, Tom Sizemore to ask a dirty cop to help him kill someone in the back, the, the back alley of a police station where there are several other cops taking a smoke break. Yeah, all looking at him kind of sideways. Yeah, like, although it's, it's revealed that one of them that's been watching them is actually also a dirty cop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Mr. Todd has quite a few guys on the payroll. Yeah. Um, but uh, the guy says, okay, you know, uh, I'll get you some poison that's like untraceable. Mm-hmm. So later, Tom Sizemore's waiting for Dougie to come to work the next day. Yeah, and yeah. it finally pays off. You've been asking about when this was going to happen. Hadn't you wondered about this? Dougie what? running into the glass door? Uh, oh, I don't recall. I think you had mentioned that at one point. Uh. <laughs> yeah, Dougie you know, walks right into the glass door. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, I don't remember asking about that, but that makes sense. That would be something <laughs> that I would bring up. Uh, yeah, Dougie uh, walks directly into uh, the glass door. Can't, uh, can't open it. Uh, another person... Uh, <laughs> walks up to the door and opens it and like gestures for Dougie to go in. Dougie doesn't go in. And this, this stranger puts his hand behind Dougie's back and like gently guides him through the door, (laughs) which is an insane thing to do to someone you don't know. Yeah. That's, that's weird. You you can't do that. Right. You open the door. If no one goes in, you just keep going. Maybe you're like, Hey, are you okay? Don't get a response. You're like, all right, I'm going to go on with my day and just walk through. Exactly. Yeah. He's yeah. like, hey, you need a little push. Let me help you <laughs> get into work. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was weird. So, yeah. Tom Sizemore is is confused Tom still, though, is as like, he watches. Uh, if I was Tom Sizemore, I, my impression would be like, hey, you know, if I wait another 24 hours, this guy would probably just end up dead somehow <laughs> anyway. That's uh, true. Just just kind of like, you know, pull over on the side of a freeway, let him out, and uh, yeah, problem solved. Exactly. 
or like just give him a gun and he'll definitely shoot himself. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Sizemore's like, hey, hey, uh, why don't why don't we get coffee? You know. And so he takes him to the little coffee shop. Uh, he lucks out twice. First, mm-hmm. because he mm-hmm. says, do you want coffee? Which is the only word that Dougie recognizes. Mm-hmm. And Dougie's like, yeah, coffee, yes. Uh, if he had said, like, do you want, you know, a drink? Do you want a glass of water? Dougie would have just stared at him blankly. <laughs> but he's lucky. He picked coffee. Mm-hmm. They go to the coffee shop. And now what Sizemore needs is a distraction mm-hmm. so that he can put the poison in, in Dougie's cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Lucky for him, Dougie somehow has the vision of an eagle and sees a uh, cherry pie. The only cherry other pie. thing that he likes in the world. That's right. Uh, maybe like a hundred feet away. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the latent Dale Cooper. He loves coffee and homemade yeah. cherry pie. Yeah. Uh, so he gets up and he walks away and uh, Tom Sizemore puts the poison in his, in his cup. Quite a bit. You know, I, I've never drank in a, poison laden oh, you've never had a, you've never had poison coffee before but i feel like i would notice i mean he puts a good 15 grams of the stuff in his cup uh know, maybe he just figures if dougie's running into wall, yeah yeah you, know. you might notice but you are also not someone that walks into glass doors <laughs> that's true yeah, so that's strange uh <laughs> um i mean he puts in about this amount of like you know if you were to put in like sugar, a sugar packet yeah uh so Dougie staring at the pie. The uh, woman at the counter <laughs> sees an adult man in a suit bent over at the hip, just just staring at pie. Mm-hmm. And is like, hey, would you like some pie? And he just keeps looking at it. And she's like, you silly goose. Go sit down. I'll bring it to you. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's walking back towards Tom Sizemore. Yeah, I love this. I don't know why, but I really like this. And he sees, is it dandruff? Yeah, th- definitely. It's dandruff, dandruff all over his dandruff, suit coat. Yeah, on the back of his suit coat. And he, he starts poking at it. Yeah. And like kind of massaging Tom Sizemore a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Tom Sizemore doesn't turn around. He's like, he, he's just like confused. First, he's like kind of into it. He's like, oh, this is kind of comfortable. But he, he feels, you know, he, I think he thinks Dougie is, I don't know, threatening him maybe? I don't know. I think I, I, I can't even begin to... To speculate on what Tom Sizemore must be thinking for him to react the way that he does. And I mean, the actor is doing, he, he does a good job in the scene, but like uh, what direction Lynch gave him? I, can, I can't imagine because the man you are trying to kill, and granted, you know, he's very nervous about it. The mm. man you're trying to kill comes up behind you and starts poking you in the back. And Sizemore's reaction is to start crying and realize that he can't do it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe because he feels a human connection with Dougie. Maybe because it's all just so weird, he freaks out. <laughs> I, 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 I think know. that's what it is. I, no, no, I think he thinks Dougie knows something or uh, – because such a – I mean, he, uh, I've never had that happen to me. You're having lunch with some or getting a cup of coffee with someone. They come back and they start massaging your back. I mean, that's uh, that's aggressive behavior. Yeah, and if Dougie was a threatening guy – and he massaged his back. He like rubbed his shoulders a little bit and was like, I know you're trying to kill me. That would be very scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think, I mean, this is the same guy who called him a liar in the meeting. I think he thinks, yeah, I think he thinks he's he's being called out. Uh, I don't know. It's unclear. It's, it's unclear. It's unclear. <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, Tom Sizemore has a breakdown. Yeah. And uh, takes the coffee, runs into... The bathroom with it. it also a bizarre thing to do uh i know why yeah why not the sink why he takes him he takes him, why not just on the street or in a plant or i don't know a sewer i mean bizarre but maybe he's just like i gotta pour some liquid out where's the place to do that he runs into the bathroom yeah dumps it into i think a urinal a urinal yeah and then throws the cup in the trash in the trash well, he, maybe he thinks there could be some residual poison or something. Well, then the janitor's going to die because he just threw the cup <laughs> in the trash. Uh, yeah. He didn't wash it out or anything. He didn't wash it out. He should have washed it out. You're right. Uh, I mean, he's he's emotionally disturbed right now. So yeah. there's a little funny line where the guy in the bathroom was like, oh, yeah, coffee yeah. was that bad, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good line. Yeah. Um, and so then uh, Sizemore just has a breakdown. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, later, I-, I can't remember if it's immediately later or later in the episode, He it cuts to them in the office with the boss. Mm-hmm. And he's he's crying and uh and he's like uh you know i want to i have to tell the truth i have to i have to confess and then dougie is doing his thing where he's just repeating the last word anyone says and dougie says confess yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which again is like kind of menacing but also no, yeah. we also know dougie that it's not menacing i don't know no i think i think the intent just like you said i think it's supposed to feel menacing to tom sizemore and for yeah. the viewer, we're, we're supposed to understand. It's just, I guess, but, but Sizemore looks at him and is like, I will, I promise I will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the boss says a couple things. He says one thing very specifically, which is, I know what you're doing was, was I know what you were doing, but like, you know, under the table, Dougie explained it all to me, which I know didn't happen because that's impossible. Dougie drew things and then made a bunch of weird faces. Right. And the boss somehow intuited Right. <laughs> all the crime that was happening underneath his nose. Right, right. Um, and then the boss starts making uh, deals that like only a prosecutor can make. That's what I didn't understand either. It's like he becomes the detective. He, yeah, I mean, he becomes the, the, the DA. Yeah, yeah. He's like, <laughs> I was going to put you away for a long time. Yeah, yeah, but I will. I will let you go if you testify against Todd. These are not things that he can promise. <laughs> It's the fighter. The fighter has has emerged. <laughs> He's self actual. Maybe, maybe maybe next to the portrait of the fighter, there's a portrait portrait of him like when he was when he was a lawyer or something. When he was solicitor general in front of uh, the Supreme Court. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna. If you if you tell the truth, I'll let you walk. Like, I mean. Maybe uh, he's know. using these weird, like yeah. these like law and order terms in the context of his the company, but he's he's committed crimes. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. He doesn't get to decide uh, whether or not he's prosecuted, right? That's... Yeah. <laughs> it's also, I mean, it's also along the lines of like, I mean, maybe maybe in Las Vegas, like, there's so much insurance scams <laughs> going on that like these are like they have to just like regular police themselves in house um, um, because yeah. remember also that like. The Belushi brothers, because of the way that Tom Sizemore messed around with the reports, mm-hmm. the Belushi brothers were accused of committing arson. Uh, uh, correct. And yeah. presumably there was some sort of criminal charge that went along with that. <laughs> right. But there was no police <laughs> case, so far as I know. They, they was just, you guys committed arson, therefore you're not getting the insurance money. And that was right. the end of it. <laughs> Which is, again, like insane. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is Vegas. This is David Lynch's <laughs> Vegas. We've seen David Lynch's Canada. So imagine what David Lynch's Vegas is like. Uh, one other point on the Dougie story is 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 we we talked a little bit about um, the BMWs. Mm-hmm. There's this little scene where, uh, or two scenes, I guess, with with um, Mrs. Dougie with uh, Naomi Watts. Mm-hmm. First, uh, a bunch of. Uh, moving men show up uh and they're like uh oh we're we're here to deliver um what do you call these things uh it's like a playground i guess i would call it a playground okay so they're basically going to install a playground a nice playground it's a weird playground did you not think it was weird no it's a a playground for like insane people it's like an asylum (laughs) oh that's true um i see why (laughs) i see why you would think that no 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 that's that's like a Super nice playground. It's a lot of stuff. It's got yeah. a trampoline, which yeah, I mean, uh, I feel like the helicopter parent that Naomi Watts <laughs> is won't allow her child to jump on a trampoline. Yeah, it's not this kid. Good. This kid. I mean, he's excited. He's just running around. He's hitting all the different aspects of the playground. The the, the there's like a slide part. There's like a monkey bar part. Mm-hmm. There's trampoline part. He's running around. There's a weird spotlight. Yeah, the spotlight's weird. But that uh has a really tight rotation that just sort of flashes back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's playing uh music like it's like it, it's music from Swan Lake. Yes. And yes. it's and it sounds like it's coming from um those really creepy things where you open the box, a music box. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Uh it's it, that's insane. I, I, it's it's got a little bit of like David Lynch menace to it, with the spotlight and the music. But I think it's wholesome. And I spent a lot of time at playgrounds. Uh, it's not that weird. 
Oh it, no! This this like is this. like this is like I, I was watching this. I, I don't spend a lot of time in playgrounds because I'm not. I was, I was gonna say, I was <laughs> like, thank God, <laughs> uh, because I'm not I'm not scouting talent for the FBI, so I'm not at playgrounds. But uh, uh, but, but the spotlight's weird. The spotlight. The spotlight's weird. weird. No, no. If if I go to a playground and there's a weird spotlight and there's a short loop of what I think of as like really creepy music box music, I mean I also like. I didn't grow up with like music boxes, so when I hear that that like twinkling yeah, yeah, yeah. sound, like that's be- yeah. yeah, it's because something's a- something's about to come alive and kill you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, yeah, I I I am filled with dread at that at the sight of, of this kid running around. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. You you would think that 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 didn't um for me it was just kind of like a dark. It was like Lynch being sweet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't disturbed by it. The spotlight's strange, but that's his aesthetic. Can you imagine if you're the neighbor and like you see Sunny Jim? You look over the window and there's a new there's a new massive playground for one kid. Yeah. He's a little too old for all that stuff too. Uh, I don't know. It's a weird age to buy a kid a play. I, I know that they didn't buy it, but like if you're the neighbor, you're like, okay, there's a family that lives next door. They have a kid. How old do you think this kid is? Like ten? Yeah. Yeah, there's a ten year old, and they put together like a playground that's like really for like a six year old. Uh, it's a little yeah, strange. I guess so. Yeah, it's it's weird. I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely uh, weird. The, the the most bizarre part though, when the the movers show up and Naomi Watts, they ask her, "Where, oh, where do you want it?" <laughs> and she's like, "Hmm, <laughs> put it in the backyard." And I'm I'm thinking, where are they gonna? Where else are they gonna put it? Where are they gonna put it in their their living room? Really insane. I mean, like, I mean, thank God you didn't put it in their front yard, <laughs> right? Yeah, this kid like running around uh, like a maniac mm. on this mm. thing, with this mm-hmm. creepy music and this spotlight. Especially with Richard driving around, yeah, <laughs> kids playing in the front yard. Believe me, that's, that's right. He'll run him down. Yeah. Uh, also, you got the you got this BMW with a bow on it, like yeah. it's a freaking you know Audi December to Remember sales event commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a, it's just it's it's so weird, and of course. It's classic Dougie's wife, Naomi Watts, doesn't question where anything of this comes from and just like gets super horny at everything. I I don't know if she got horny. She did. Yeah, she looked at it. Yeah, she did. She was so into it. Yeah, she's into it. I don't know if she. No, she loved it. No, I thought she was filled with like love, not like. No, it was passion. (laughs) No, she's thinking to herself, like, I'm going to fuck my. my, my robot again. My, my my idiot husband in the back seat of his car. Put the put the playground in the back. Leave the car in the front. I want the neighbors to see. Oh my god! That's, <laughs> oh, that's so funny. No, I I didn't think that at all. I thought she was just like, oh, what a wonderful provider or something. I don't know. No, no. Dougie does it again. My Mister Jackpots. <laughs> My Mr. Jackpots, yeah. She drives him to work uh, and is is all like doting and loving on him, undoes his seatbelt for him and opens the passenger door and like pushes him out the car door. And all the meanwhile is like, uh, my husband, like the, the cognitive dissonance, it's reaching, uh, it's it's reaching, reaching a, a boiling point for me. I, I don't know how much more of this I can handle. She, uh, her love language is, is uh, you know, three series, I guess. I don't know. That sweet <laughs> German engineering. Yeah, her love language is three series, yeah. And dystopian playgrounds for her, her child. Yeah, and then not to mention, okay, uh, we were talking about how unusual it is that the Belushi brothers show up at the insurance company where they received their rightful payout and started handing out gifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, these people were just questioned by the police because their car <laughs> exploded. And she, they made a joke about the insurance money. yeah. And they like didn't address it, and now they have a brand new car. And from if anyone asked any questions, it came from a mobster. Yeah, yeah. This like <laughs> they're, they're lucky that Las Vegas has these three brother detectives who are idiots because the optics on this whole situation are are unbelievable. It doesn't look good. Yeah, I mean, her neighbors are going to be like, "Well, where does this? You guys got this weird playground?" And she's like, "Yeah, it was just a gift." <laughs> What about this new car? Well, our old car exploded, so we forged <laughs> and got a new one. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I think that wraps it up for the for the Jones family. Yep, and their various plots. 
Yeah. Now I think the meat of the episode is is Dark Coop, my man. Mm. Mm-hmm. Just 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 having a great episode. You know, it's funny. Uh, uh, this yeah. whole scene, I had I remember as a scene I hated from the first time I saw it. Oh, why? And this time I actually liked it. I came I came around. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I mean, I'm, it's, I'm it's, this time. there are still, there are still dumb things about it, but, uh, I mean, you know, it was a nice, from all the insanity, the, mm-hmm. I would say, okay, uh, let's say that the show has both passive insanity okay. and aggressive <laughs> sure. insanity. All right. Yeah. And yeah. I don't like either, but after so much passive insanity, like just Dougie, like failing upwards and, uh, this boss the fighter rising within him and him like weirdly like putting his hands up like he's gonna fight doing desk push-ups like weird bullshit like that finally have some insanity that's like just people like beating the shit out of each other yeah, yeah. like this weird gang that like doesn't make any sense like yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's still well, weird <laughs> and and ultimately stupid but at least it was it's, it's entertaining fun. yeah it's fun some some red meat for the for the aggressive insanity base <laughs> <laughs> and that's what this uh, is this is i think this is supposed to be a spoof of action films yeah yeah totally i yeah i think it must have been right so yeah so it cuts to it says western montana mm-hmm. and this is uh if we recall to oh my gosh four five parts ago yep. when uh ray and dark coop escape the prison together or, or are let out of the prison together ray tries to and is ultimately unsuccessful in killing dark coop he calls someone and he says, I'm going to the garage. I think I killed him. Uh, I shot him a couple times. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, uh, the, the right. evil uh, minions of hell appeared around him. So I think he's dead, but I, I guess time will tell, which is a very yeah. rational way to approach the situation. Right, right. Uh, now we're at uh, the, the, the garage that he was referring to. Mm-hmm. A dark Coop is rolling in in western Montana. Their gang headquarters is so bizarre. It's It's a huge you know, uh, warehouse. warehouse. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's got a huge garage that he has the code to. He goes into it and there's a massive surveillance TV in what is an ultimately unfurnished <laughs> empty room. It's very right. bizarre. Yeah. It's almost like a screening room. Yeah. But like there are no chairs. TV. Yeah. There are no anything. chairs. It's enormous. It's, I mean, it's bigger than like a big screen TV. It's yeah, like, no, it's uh, like a wall to ceiling, uh, uh, TV. Um, yeah, yeah. That's just for surveillance. It's very bizarre. I mean, I, I hope that the the bros and the gang can like watch the big game on it um, because <laughs> it's it's yeah, one yeah, screen yeah. devoted to one camera in a garage that I assume a lot of people don't go into that often. <laughs> yeah, what a place to have your Super Bowl party. I'm with you. <laughs> oh yeah, it's good times. Great, yeah. Uh, so so Coop is in the elevator, or is it, sorry, is in the garage. Mm-hmm. He um you know yells out that he needs to talk to Ray. There's the gang leader who's this like very physically, you know, big guy. Yeah. He's bald. I mean, I think you're right. He's he's supposed to be like the the cliche, you know, big bad guy. Yeah, or he's like Vin Diesel or somebody, you know, he even kind of looks like him, I thought. Yeah, yeah. So this guy, this uh, Vin Diesel type, is like, uh, okay, uh, you know, let him in. And then <laughs> so uh Dark Coop comes up, uh, he, uh, you know, it's not as physically intimidating, but you know, he's got his his shark eyes are dialed up to ten. He's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. he's just he's just freaking everybody out, and uh, he's got a slick backed hair. Basically, he's like, you know what? I'm here for uh, I'm here for Ray, and they're like, well, we have two rules. We are yeah, we only two rules. Rule. We have we have a yeah. rule in this gang. To be to be here, you have to be you have to. It's it's so insane. You have to arm wrestle the leader. The boss. The boss. If you win, you become the new boss. If you lose, you have to join the gang. And you have to do whatever the boss says. Yeah, and if you don't do what the boss says, we kill you. Yeah. But he also has the option to just walk away. Yeah. Uh, the guy that he's explained, the number two guy that's explaining the rules of the of the group advises him to just walk away, which is, <laughs> he's like, by the looks of you, I think you should just walk away, which is strangely charitable for this group that obviously is a secret organization. Yeah. They know that he wants to kill a member of their group. Right. And they're going to let him leave. Um, it, it, why is that an option for him? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, don't they need more bodies? 
Yeah. I mean, uh, wouldn't you want him to come in and lose? And hey, guess what? We got another member of the gang. This guy, you know, maybe he's doing a lot of curls, but he's got those shark eyes. Yeah, he could probably kill some people <laughs> for us. Uh, you would think that the rules would be uh, you have to arm wrestle. If you lose, you have to work for us or we'll kill you um, or we'll just kill you. Right. Yeah. Why? You know, he could just leave and then just go find the police and they would right. come to the SWAT team and that would be the end of the gang. I mean, right. it's, it's insane. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, Western Montana, you know, I guess I guess mm. the rules are different out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I guess it works for them because he's got a crew of like 30. Yeah. I guess these idiots show up and they're like, oh, I could probably take him. And, they get- <laughs> and they're all badasses, too. And they all got big guns, you know, slung yeah. over their shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. They also. Yeah. They have they have a lot of like pretty heavy weaponry for Western yeah. Montana. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, so they so 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 Dark Coop. Uh, uh, you know, acting fairly rationally is like, look, I don't want to be involved in your gang. Yeah, I yeah. just want Ray. Well, that's no, no. But for, first, he goes. He's like, great. He goes. He goes. What is this kindergarten? <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. a funny kind of yeah. like wink at the audience. Like, are, are you yeah. serious? <laughs> just pointing out that that arm wrestling is the is the most <laughs> insane way to determine, you know, rank in a criminal organization. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, literally, the strongest. In terms of bicep strength, it controls this armed group, this militia. Yeah, <laughs> is is crazy. Uh, and they don't take too kindly to that. No, no, they don't. They don't laugh. They all kind of like, hey, 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 don't don't make fun of the group. Right, this is our way of life. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't judge me. So he says, "Look, I don't want to. I don't want to be involved in your group. Can I just talk to Ray?" And they're like, "No, you got to do this." And he's like, "All right, fine. I'll uh, I'll do the uh, I'll do the arm wrestling." Uh, so speaking of rules, then we get to this. They sit down. <laughs> we see we see three rooms in the gang's <laughs> warehouse: the garage, which is essentially empty; yeah. the viewing room, which is one giant TV and otherwise empty; the the third room of this mm-hmm. of this building mm-hmm. is a, an arena devoted to arm wrestling. Yeah. It's a giant empty room with just one table. With two chairs, mm-hmm. uh, which is obviously the proving ground for for their for their, <laughs> their, their admissions office. Uh, well, they're minimalists. They sit down for the wrestling match. Uh, before I describe what happens next, I, I it looked like there was something weird about Dark Coop's arm. Right, his hand looked um, bigger and uh, like darker than I think it should oh. be. Oh, I noticed it looked dirtier actually, but I didn't notice it looked bigger. Uh, okay, I, I don't know if he like, because we didn't see it like growing, but it to me it looked like a bigger hand than Dale Cooper should have. Oh, interesting. I I noticed it looked like almost like the hand of the what we've been calling the homeless people, but uh, yeah, I wonder. But I didn't notice fight, it was bigger. That's interesting. Hmm. For the fight, like he grew his hand to like. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, well, we didn't see like an arm growing scene though, so I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, hmm. uh, they sit down, and then the uh, the number two guy explains the rules <laughs> of the match, and I recorded them if you'd like oh. to listen. Oh, please. Yeah, this uh, is great. And uh, he, he does, I will say, he takes very long pauses between the different parts, and I cut them down to, for, to make this clip manageable. But okay. what he's about to say is drawn out over like 90 seconds to two minutes. Um but uh, I'll play it. I'll play the slimmed down version for you now. Rules! Starting position. Wrestling arm on table. <laughs> Other hand cannot touch table. Hands up. <laughs> Grip. Do not start until I say. You ready, boss? Ready. You ready? <laughs> Ready. <laughs> Commence our wrestling. Oh man, that's good. Hands do not touch table. <laughs> and then uh, I like how he's like, uh, "You ready, boss? You ready, boss?" And very serious. And then you ready? <laughs> you know, like that kind of like southern boy kind of yeah insult. Uh, and then uh, commence arm wrestling. Uh, very, very strange uh, cadence. So what happens in this scene? 
As you might expect, uh, Dark Coop draws some sort of demonic power and destroys this guy. The way he does it, though, it's very drawn out, but it's it's uh, unique, I guess. The Vin Diesel type guy takes his hand to like you know uh, nearly uh, like 170 degrees. Mm-hmm. He's about to win, but like Coop is not yielding, and he's like, "This is uncomfortable for me." And then he snaps it back to like the the midpoint, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I prefer this." And then he lets it go back to 170 degrees, and he's like, "This is uncomfortable for me." Brings it back to zero degrees, and is like, "This is what I prefer," or 90 degrees, I guess. Like, this is this is more comfortable, and he says, "See, don't don't you see what I mean?" And then he brings the other guy down to five degrees, I guess. I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> angles are not very good. Uh, to some very acute angle from his perspective, mm-hmm. and is like, "See how painful it is," and the guy's like wincing in pain, and so obviously he's just playing with him. Yeah. Uh, the 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 guys in general don't really seem to understand what's happening. They're like, "Oh, get him, boss! Get him!" And like, they're like, "No, no! Oh, oh yeah! Now you have the initiative again! Like, get him! Get him!" Yeah. Uh, Ray is like, oh shit, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. because he correctly knows. I mean, I don't even know why he stuck around to begin with. I know. Right? He shot this guy a couple times, and he's not dead. If Darkoop, you know, agrees to a a, a a test of strength, you know he's gonna win, <laughs> and he's gonna become the boss, and he's gonna become the boss. You gotta you know, get the hell out of there, you know. Uh, so he tries to leave. They they hold him there. Uh, Darkoop finally has had enough of it. And snaps the guy's arm so hard it breaks mm-hmm. and then punches the Vin Diesel guy in the face so hard that his face caves in. Yep. <laughs> and he dies instantly in a pool of yeah. blood. Yeah. And everyone is like, oh, shit. And, you know, by rules of the... of the <laughs> That's the best part, yeah. By the rules of the organization, uh, which they're, they're pledged upon, <laughs> they all start calling him boss. Yeah. Uh, the only order he gives is for their cell phones. He needs to collect their cell phones for some reason. Um, so like five of them just toss their cell phones to him. <laughs> yeah, I love it. They're, they're just instantly um, supplicate themselves to Dark Coop. They're just like, uh, what do you need, boss? They yeah. just instantly just turn. Yeah. That's and great. then the number two guy, uh, the period of shock that they have that their boss was a bit like mutilated and destroyed mm-hmm. uh, is quite fleeting. And the number yeah. two guy is like, even as he's throwing the cell phone, he's like giving helpful advice. He's like, you know, you're not going to get good reception in this room, boss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, he tells them to leave. Mm-hmm. It just He just wants just him and Ray in the room. Uh, they all leave. And we catch a glimpse of this guy who yeah, is yeah. wearing a, a t- everyone is dressed in like, you know, the kind of clothes you would wear to your Western Montana militia meeting. Exactly. That's a good description. Yeah. It's like loose flannel, like jeans that are a little ripped up, you know, it's like Mad Max kind of vibes going on. Uh, And there's one guy wearing a tie and a sweater vest and like dockers and like (laughs) Coke bottle glasses kind of thing. And uh, he's on screen for just a quick second. He's one of the people that was watching and is like walking away. My initial thought that this was like, uh, like uh, an associate producer who like wanted to be in the show. <laughs> As they're all leaving, this guy looks back and is like, "Hey, boss, do you need any money?" Right. And our coop is like, "No," and he's like, "Okay," and he leaves. So he's like the uh, accountant for the I group. Guess so. Yeah, yeah, he's the accountant. <laughs> so these guys are like, you know, thugs with like AK-47s who clearly only respect strength in its most basic form, arm wrestling. <laughs> But they also like have like a guy to manage their four hundred one ks like on staff. Yeah, I mean, someone's got to take care of the books. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so bizarre. Uh... <laughs> I mean, nobody's going to get paid unless Larry, you know, is there. Uh... Yeah, Larry's Larry's walking out on the on the way, and he's like, uh, "Boss, you know, do you want to run you to HR right now, or do you want to do you want to you have something else you want to do first? Uh, you have to opt into the health plan, so we should probably talk about that." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, it's it's uh, uh Fran is is Santa for Secret Santa this year. So just uh, <laughs> give her your wish list uh, for today. Yeah. It's white elephant, so you know we're gonna have fun. <laughs> so he's talking to to Ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, he's after what he's been after, which is the coordinates. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray uh, confesses like, some some key plot information. He says that that he was uh, asked to kill Dark Coop by Jeffries. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is um, David, uh, David Bowie? Bowie uh, who was remember a major plot driver in this season, but was not in the show originally. No. Has not been in this season, um, no. and was in Firewalk with me for a total of three minutes. Yes, in the movie where literally when I saw Twin Peaks, people said, "Don't even bother watching the movie." And I didn't watch the movie for years until after I'd seen the show. And I was like, you know, I really should see that movie. Uh, yeah, he is an important character. Yeah. Uh, so Jeffries is the one who uh, hired Ray to kill Dark Coop. He gave Ray some instructions that he should put this a certain ring mm-hmm. uh, on Dark Coop's body after he was dead. And he also says, he says something weird. He's like, I'm not dumb. I know who, I know who you are. I know what you are. I'm not going to give you the coordinates. And then he just gives them to him anyway. Yeah. He, he also call, Ray also calls him st- uh, stupid at one point. Bold language from the guy who just shot you. That's right. Oh, we, we didn't mention this. Uh, Ray... I don't know if he's trying to run away or trying to walk away, but he's leaving. And then Dark Coop shoots him in the leg to sort of mm. torture him, slow mm. him down. Uh, Dark Coop asks some more questions about Jeffries, and he asks about Major Briggs. Oh, yeah. Kind of implying that at least Dark Coop thinks that Jeffries and Major Briggs are working together. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps they're both part of They're working as the Blue Rose Task Force together. Yeah. It hasn't been clear to me so far that Jeffries is a force for good. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Um, but now Something I'm getting excited. He is because yeah. Dark Coop is uh, afraid of him or worried about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants to know where Jeffries is. I have no idea where he is. And he's like, "Where is he?" And he's like, "Well, <laughs> last I heard, he was at the Dutchman. I don't even know if that's a thing." Dark Coop then shoots him right in the head. Yeah, and says, "I know where that is," or "I know what that is," or something to that effect. Yeah. And then he walks away. We see that the entire right. uh, gang has all been watching him on their huge surveillance screen. Uh, Richard has shown up. Yeah. He's part of this gang. Um, possibly seeing his father for the first time, as I mentioned in the last episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's not... <laughs> you don't want to entertain that I don't, don't want to. There's enough crazy stuff on screen. You don't have to work into like the, oh, maybe off screen... Dark group raped this guy's <laughs> mother. Oh, whatever, while she was in a coma. Like, you know, <laughs> like, you know I, have, I have other problems. All right, uh, fair enough. <laughs> so uh, Richard shows up and he sees Dark Coop killing Ray and he like backs out of the room. He gets scared. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dark Coop leaves. I think that's it, right? That's it for, for Dark Coop. Uh, we have a few other small... Uh, plot points here let's see um back at the diner uh earlier in the episode um becky who you'll recall was married to uh what was this guy's name he's we were calling him like the coked out guy the coked out guy yeah i we knew his name at one point but i can't remember i can't remember either but this is amanda seyfried that's right amanda seyfried becky is married to uh some cokehead guy and remember her mom is shelly shelly the waitress Mm-hmm. And her father is Bobby, the police officer, mm-hmm. but they're not together. No. So at one point, Becky calls Shelly, uh, her mom, and she says, um, oh, it's here. I have it written down. It's Steve is her husband. Steve the cokehead. Okay. Steve is missing. I'm freaking out. He's been gone for two days. Shelly's like, oh, you know, I'm a little busy right now. Don't worry about it. You know, maybe he's gone. Becky's like, no, I feel it. Something's bad's happened to him. Uh, she's like, why don't you come by the diner? And she says, okay. I will. Uh, Later, Bobby shows up, I think, to see Shelly because he's still kind of like interested in her. Mm -hmm. And they say that Shelly's not there. And so he's he's a little put out by that. Um, And then he sees Norma. Mm -hmm. The owner. The owner of the Double R Diner, Mm -hmm. which is what this is. I learned all about the Double R Diner in the next scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Norma um, is Shelly's sister, right? No, she is her, they're not related, but she's been her employer for like a long time. So she kind of acts like a motherly kind of figure. Oh, okay. But they're not related, no. All right. So uh, Bobby comes, and, and who is Norba talking to? Do we know this so, guy? No, you haven't seen him yet, but he was a another big character in the original show. He's um, called Big Ed. And, and in the original show, he's a good guy. He, though he kind of looks kind of menacing now with that haircut he has. He has kind of a 
like a hipster kind of like super short on the sides, long on the top. Yeah. But he's an old guy, right? He's probably in his seventies maybe now. Yeah. Um, but throughout the original show, he really had a thing for Norma and Norma had a thing for him, but he was married to the eye patch woman. Um, who treated him really terribly. She would like yell at him all the time. And he's like a really nice kind of guy. Okay. Um, but then he never acted on his feelings uh, with Norma because, you know, he was married and he didn't want to uh, cheat on his wife. Mm, okay. And then I believe season two ends with they decide that, you know, they're going to get together. And then the eye patch woman kind of snaps out of her kind of crazy funk that she's been in throughout the show. And he's like, you know, I, I don't think I can you know, I have to make sure I have to like stay with my wife. And so um, people have been wondering, Oh, is he going to stay with Norma? You know, do they get together? Well, we find out how things are going. Yeah. So, uh, so, so all this is lost on people who haven't seen really, I mean, you really had to have seen a lot of the first two seasons to, to catch all that. Cause it was, it was you know, it was like, it was like the D arc. Like the E arc on. Uh, <laughs> no, I think the D arc was the bomb that went off. <laughs> how little people seem to care about it. Yeah, I think the T arc was Laura Palmer's murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The A arc is like obsession with coffee and cherry pie. <laughs> the B arc is is exploring Native American heritage. That's my impression of the show. <laughs> the seasons that I haven't seen. So yeah. Uh, so Big Ed is 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 there and he's having a. Uh, dinner, I guess, with with Norma. Mm-hmm. Uh, they invite uh, Bobby to join, and Bobby, you know, is kind of like I guess this is explained this is explained by by the backstory you provided. Bobby's mm-hmm. kind of um, is like, oh, do you want me to not sit here? Are you guys like you know a thing? And he's like, oh, there's nothing going on. There's nothing going on. Yeah. And then uh, the same thing kind of happens again when this other guy so shows up. It's like business guy. Yeah, it's like slick city slicker shows up. I guess. I mean, he still seemed, <laughs> uh, he was still pretty, pretty country for a city slicker. <laughs> no, this is like the corporate version of, you know, like the Pacific North with Northwest. I guess. I mean, if the big city is like Olympia, <laughs> I guess he's come on down from the, from the big city to, to, you know, ruin the old town charm. Oh yeah. No, this is, this is like the corporate, um, stooge here to, you know, ruin our cherry pie. I guess. Uh, so while, anyway, we'll talk about what he's talking about, but, but uh, he sits down, he's, he's, he kisses uh, Norma. So they're, they're dating, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, big Ed is like, Oh, and he has, he does the same thing that Bobby just did, which is like, Oh, let me give you guys some space. Mm-hmm. He sits with Bobby and eats somewhere else. <laughs> they have a little funny moment when Bobby's initially sitting down where, where Bobby's like, oh, I was just going to eat food by myself. And they were like, no, no, come join us. You can't eat by yourself. They say this really loudly. There's a person at the booth right next to them <laughs> eating by herself. Just piling on the shame. Very disrespectful. Yeah, uh, that's not good. So they sit, and that's the entire right. time, Big Ed is is leaning over and, and looking at, at uh, Norma. He's clearly mm. upset that he's missing out on this the sweet Norma action. Yeah. Poor Big Ed. What they talk about is just, um, it's, have you seen The Founder, the Michael Keaton movie about McDonald's? No, I haven't actually. It's just this scene for an entire movie. It's, oh, just, okay. it's just how franchising ruined, <laughs> ruined oh. like a like a like a family business. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was not interesting to me. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> in fact, it was like the same conversations about like basically in the founder, Michael Keaton is like uh, down on his luck salesman. He finds these two these these brothers McDonald, uh-huh. and we're having a good business. And he's like, you got to franchise it. And they're like, okay, but we're not going to sacrifice on quality. And he's like, oh, sure, okay. And yeah. then he sacrifices the shit out of the quality. Yeah, and they get yeah. mad. And he's like, well, I own the franchise, so sucks to be you. Yeah. And cheats them out of everything that they have. Uh, so that's basically exactly what's happening in this episode. Yeah. I, I read online someone had written, which I thought was pretty funny. They were like, um, we've seen true evil now. It's the guy <laughs> trying to ruin enormous pies. Like, forget about yeah. Bob. Like, this is the real. Uh and, you know, I mean, uh, I made the comparison to the founder. Michael Keaton is is actively trying to steal the money of mm-hmm. McDonald's guys and take them out of their own business. This guy, I mean, look, you know, I, I'm, I'm a capitalist. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> she agreed to the franchising, and he points out that her current business is failing. 
Uh, I don't know if she, it's failing. It's not being as it's not as successful as the others. Uh, the profit margins aren't 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 up to what the other her franchises. Okay, maybe, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, he's saying you're not as successful as you could be because you're not. Mm-hmm. You're using like all these really nice ingredients. Or like like she explains, organic, organic, yeah, local. Yeah. You know, I don't compromise on my ingredients. Yeah. That's one thing. The other thing is uh, he wants to change it. Um, So the other franchise locations are called Norma's Double R. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, we've done the focus testing, and it's you that's so great about this diner. That's why people love going to Norma's Double R. This location is just called Double R. And he's like, look, you know, for basic brand awareness, they should all be called Norma's Double R. And she's like, no, everyone knows of it as the Double R. That this is a dumb <laughs> argument. I mean, she's basically saying like my ingredients and my cooking are what make this location better than the other ones. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to put my name on it because I everyone she, knows of it as the yeah. double R. As if it's, if it said Norma's on it, they wouldn't be like, "Oh, this is a new place." No, no, I agree. I think she's. I think she's embarrassed. I don't think she wants her name on the on the uh, on the restaurant. Well, she should have just said no the first time that the. Wow. The, the guy showed up who was like, I'm going to franchise your business. Well, you know, he sweet talked her. Look where she is now. She's being crushed under the capitalist heel. She's making a lot of money. It's <laughs> 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 just, just fine. Also, yeah. what bothered me is, is you know, yeah, he's the capitalist. And he shows her these charts. And he's like, look, look at this. The, 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 the data says that this is happening. And she's like, I can't understand that. I can't. You have to explain that to me. Meanwhile, every time we see her, she has like the accountancy book yeah, 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 in front true. of her. She's constantly pouring over numbers. Uh, For her to be like, oh, I don't, I I don't care about dollars and cents. I only care about making my pies. It's bullshit. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is. Yeah, Uh, she's a she's a quant. (laughs) Honestly, if you weren't like deeply invested in her business's success or failure, like who cares? Like you know, uh, frogs that are part moth are crawling into girls' mouths. Yeah, yeah. The sky is opening up and homeless men are, are, are raining out of it. Yeah. Uh, about every episode, on average, once per episode, a person's face explodes in some way. That's and true. here we are like, oh, you're making money, but not as much as you could. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, if anyone endangers those those cherry pies, I mean, <laughs> Twin Peaks is just going to sink into the abyss. That's the only thing keeping it afloat. Yes. Is that coffee and cherry pie. Oh. So you want to talk about uh, your favorite people, Eyepatch Woman and, and, and Dr. Jacoby? Dr. Amp. A.K.A. Dr. Alex Jones. Dr. Alex Jones. He's got his insane oh radio show. Oh, my God. Uh, we can if you want. We can just skip it. No, we cannot. It keeps coming up. <laughs> no. And this this plot gets more and more screen time every time. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, they're lovable characters. So, uh, so this is the woman married to Big Ed, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drive that home. Yeah. Uh, so Dr. Alex Jones is just just cruising through Twin Peaks. He sees his shovel. Yeah. In the uh, in the the display window for her her store, he he rings the door and she's like ah. And she opens the door and she's like oh my god it's you I love you, and mm-hmm. so I, I guess they do know each other. Uh, mm-hmm. They sure. saw each other a while ago, it seems. Yeah. And they have kind of like not quite a meet cute, but it's like uh, like looking at each other and like falling in love kind of moment. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, yeah, they have some chemistry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what else happens? We see um, Mrs. Palmer. Mm, I can't get enough of the Mrs. Palmer scenes. Yeah, I like the scene. What? Um, really? It went on longer than it needed to. Yeah, but I think I got what the intention was. Okay. So she remember last episode, uh, or last part, I should say, she was in the grocery store. And we were talking about how there's a new brand of jerky. Yeah, ooh, and she freaked out because it was like a, a disturb disturbing her routine. Mm-hmm. Here we see like a very obvious uh, routine that she has. I think mm. mm-hmm. she's like smoking, kind of mixes like a quick cocktail, drinks it, uh, puts out her cigarette, starts a new cigarette, mixes her little cocktail, drinks it, puts out her cigarette like that. Yeah, and yeah. all the meanwhile, she's watching a 15 second loop of a fight, mm-hmm. like an old boxing match. Like a yeah. black and you think, you think Dougie's match. boss uh, was in the ring? Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't considered. His uh, name's Mr. Bushnell. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I wonder, 
I didn't listen closely enough to see if it was like, oh, Bushnell knocks him dead or something. Oh, that would have been, oh, talking about tying it all together. But yeah. yeah uh, so I thought that was a cool uh, little way of showing how much of a routine she has. Yeah. And how sad her life is. And how sad her life is. The problem is like, I think after like five loops of 15 seconds, you would have gotten the point. This goes on for like, I don't know, three minutes. But I mean, that's uh, what makes it art is drawing it out and you're just suffering with it. But I mean, you know, I don't watch TV to suffer. <laughs> I guess, I guess, I, you, you know, it's now. my fault. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, we got Audrey. Audrey, yeah, yeah. That's right. Audrey and Charlie. Now, you'll recall from the last part, the episode basically ended with two characters we, we didn't know. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Audrey, who's a fan favorite from the previous season. Yeah. Uh, and Charlie did blow up in the bomb. I confirmed that. (laughs) Okay. So she did. She was exposed to the bomb. Uh, She blew up in the bomb. So she's dead. uh, It was unclear if she lived or died. Right. That was the, Oh, okay. Um, She was in a coma. We we knew that from earlier in the, in season three. So, all right. At one point she was in a coma. Now I'm thinking uh, that maybe she's still in the coma and that this is our dream. Yeah. I think that's right. Because, uh, well, one dead giveaway is that is that the person she's talking to is a little person, <laughs> and Lynch only uses little people as no. imaginary figments or representations of evil. No, no, that's true though. Uh, right? That 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 is a consistent. Yeah, uh, at least in this. I, I mean, <laughs> I think gone through uh, the rest of his films, and I don't remember seasons one and two. Presumably this guy is her husband. I mean, the dream state would kind of explain what's happening here because she starts talking about how she doesn't feel like she's there. She feels like she's somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it is real, it's funny that she's talking to her husband and she's like having an existential crisis. And she says, don't you ever feel like you're somebody else? Which, I mean, everyone probably feels like that at some point. Sure, yeah. And Charlie is like, no, I'm always myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm always here. He's like really rational. Like, yeah, explaining which, is, yeah. which is a really shitty thing for a husband to say yeah. to a wife who's going through like a existential crisis. Right. Basically being like, you're crazy. <laughs> Me and everyone else is same. Right, right, right. <laughs> and uh, she talks about how she wants to go to the roadhouse, which is the bang, bang bar, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she doesn't want to go anymore. And Charlie's like, do you want to go or do you not want to go? And then he has this line, which is kind of interesting, where he says, if you're not going to go, are you going to go or do I end your story? Yeah, right. I think that's, I was going to mention that. Yeah, that really drives home, I think. the Yeah. And the then she's like, that... what does that mean? And he's like, well, he doesn't really address what that means. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it gives the sense that it's like, that it's a dream and that he's some sort of somehow in control of mm-hmm her subconsciousness man she's stuck in some astral plane of some sort yeah it's funny that her like hell is (laughs) is that her husband has great gossip on people and she can't know what it is (laughs) (laughs) that's funny that because that that actually would be like in line with the original character because she was like a high schooler uh, (laughs) who was like plugged into that kind of stuff yeah yeah uh all right um, and then we cut to the Bang Bang Bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Best part of the whole episode. It's singer, what was his name? I, I, I forgot. So that's James. James is the motorcycle guy on Firewalk with me. Do you remember that guy? Her, uh, oh, Laura's that's boyfriend? Him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's him. James. Oh, so he's actually singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's kind of nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What'd you think of the song? Uh, I didn't like it, but... <laughs> Uh, so this is kind of a this is kind of an inside joke. So he sings this song in season one, okay. and it's become kind of a meme because the song is so bizarre and weird, <laughs> and his voice is so terrible. Yeah, uh, that people a lot of people make fun of it. And so to end this episode with him singing it again was really uh, was a real tip of the hat to the fans. Uh, and then so then who's the girl that's watching him? I don't know. I don't know who that is. You know, I, I looked her you up. Don't know. <laughs> no, she's she's just some uh, random character. I looked her up. There's a Wikipedia. There's a Wikipedia article on the Twin her? Peaks on her. Yeah. Who is she? Uh, she's just the just the her plot line was basically 
she's watching James in part 13 and she's crying. Like, and then there's a couple extra th- scenes that I guess we haven't seen yet, but geez. okay. This is the Twin Peaks wiki. Yeah, Twin, Twin Peaks wiki. Yeah. yeah. This, this is like, uh, like Star Wars where like every little, like, oh yeah. Oh, they all have backstories. Yeah. Can you imagine oh, yeah. if, uh, if, if there's like a Disney plus for David Lynch <laughs> and they spin off like, uh, yeah, yeah, who like they're doing with like the like the Mandalorian now. They have like a little like a whole show about each person. <laughs> diary of Diary of James, like Laura Palmer, the high school years, or the middle oh, school man. years. I guess. Oh, if only. <laughs> I, I I hope we just get a prequel of Dougie. Like that's what I want. <laughs> the Dougie limited series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So then the final scene. Uh, it's a good thing that I didn't skip to the end because I usually, if the singer, if I don't like the singer, I usually just cut to the end. But uh, I kept it on, and uh, we actually have a different ending. Yeah. It's uh, Big Ed. Yep. Is eating like a cup of soup, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. And he's staring out the window at a gas station. That's his gas, his, that's his gas station. He, he runs it. Is that the same gas station that the homeless people were at? In you know, people, you know, people kind of got freaked out about that, but um, I think it's safe to assume no. I think you'll find some people who think that there might be a connection there, but I don't think that there is because mm-hmm. he's, he's had this gas station throughout the, uh, the show. Uh, all right. Well, that's disappointing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So, well, that's the episode. That's the episode, but no, but I love it. Cause you're just sitting there drinking that, uh, eating his soup he just looks like this he looks like the saddest loneliest man on the planet i thought it was the same gas station i thought that was like the reveal was like he's been working at like the root of all evil oh all along. no but no it's no. a different boring gas station yeah no no though that's awesome that you thought oh. they were all tied together no 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 it's just a, it's just a sad old man who can't be with the one he loves just staring out you know just spending another night just watching Potential customers drive by. All right. Well, sad. Whew. Gets you. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, what did you think of the uh, of the episode? Yeah, you know, it was basically you know rewatching this has really shown me that a lot of these episodes are not good. <laughs> no, no, no. On, uh, on on the opposite, they're excellent. But they're uh, but they're like part two of. I feel like it, this was part two of last week's episode, so I liked it a little bit more. So I'm gonna give it a B plus, B plus, a B plus. Yeah. Okay. I was. Uh, I I knew when I gave the F last week, I would regret it because I feel like <laughs> that's really the bottom. I mean, this is not an F episode. I did. I did. Uh, while it did not <laughs> serve much purpose, I did enjoy. The, the stupid hilarity of the of this weird this weird organization criminal organization that, that uh, Dark Coop has now found himself in charge of. I hope he uses them for like weird assignments. Um, <laughs> uh, I hope he just doesn't. I hope he doesn't like abandon this this group. Um, yeah. Or maybe we cut back to them and they're like, "Well, now we don't have a leader. Like, what do we do?" <laughs> One little oh, like shot yeah. that would be really funny. Yeah. Uh, I'll give it a C minus, I guess. Wow. Okay. Generous. Um, yeah. What did uh, What did AV Club have to say about it? So AV Club back on board. A minus. <laughs> I think they like the James thing a little bit more than me. The yeah. Song at the end. People people really went crazy for that. I like the idea of it. That's a nice little callback. Yeah. 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 I mean, things moved. It moved along kind of quickly. I mean, it. Uh, I didn't. I didn't uh, feel myself just dying of boredom. yeah no i was so happy with this episode because i had remembered that scene at the warehouse with dark coop i had forgotten i was like what the hell is going on like i couldn't remember all the the prior like i i don't i'm not even sure if i remembered who ray was by the time i had seen it (laughs) oh yeah i mean of course if you're if you're just a regular viewer right yeah (laughs) You know, seeing it for the first time. And so I was just sitting there like, what the hell is going on? Why is he here? Why is he in Montana? Uh, this is so bizarre and strange. Yeah, he uh, died, uh, what, three or four episodes yeah, ago? Yeah, 
<laughs> right. So I, I originally, the first time I saw it, I was just confused. I'm like, why do they put this in here? It's this been bizarre it's been, action film. But now, now I like it. Now, now I was down. So assuming, assuming Showtime released these episodes weekly and then take a break for like Christmas or New Year's or something. Uh, it's been a month since we saw yeah. some of these characters. Mm-hmm. And you have people like, like Ray and Richard who are, I mean, if I wasn't doing this podcast, I would just think that they were the same person. Yeah, because they, they, they even look, they look similar. Yeah, they act similar. They act similar. They're both kind of evil. They both names start with R. I mean, <laughs> and uh, they're and they're both brand new characters. You know, they, yeah. they haven't been in the show before, so you, you know you don't know who they are. Um, and uh, and you said that people that that you don't have to have watched parts one and two. Yeah, I mean, you watch this like shovel thing, and you're like. When everything else is so deep in plot, I, I'd be like killing myself, being like, "What is the shovel thing about? What does this mean?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, you gotta shovel your way out of the shit. Ugh. <laughs>